Hello, and welcome to the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, aka Nomad Neeks, and this podcast is the place to be if you are looking to start creating a lifestyle that you love. From business, entrepreneurship, travel, starting and sustaining a digital nomad lifestyle, and of course, making money online and investing, we talk about all of it here. So let's dive into it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. Today, I have a very, very, very special guest. I actually did an episode with him a year and a half ago, and it's time for a little updated episode. So today, we're going to be talking to my partner who I travel the world with full time. He's going to tell you a little bit more about his story, and we're going to dive into work, wealth, and travel, what digital nomad life is like for us and what it looks like for his work. And that's going to be an adventure to dive into because a lot of really fun things have been happening for him. But if you want to listen to his story in full, episode number 29 talks about how he moved to another country and all of the things. So I recommend checking that one out or he's going to give a little recap here and we're going to go into some travel and business today. So Eddie, welcome to the show. Ouch, that was a great introduction. Thank you very much. Very, very special guest. (laughs) Thank you very much. Okay, so it's a pleasure for me to be back in here. Yeah, there are a lot of things that happened from the last time to this time. I think that many things changed. Uh, well, we're still traveling and we're still doing what we like to do. But I think that we have a lot of new experiences. I don't remember even when was the first time. Wh- where did we record that one? I remember we recorded the first one in Batumi in Georgia. We were staying in a pretty small studio apartment in Batumi. So that was over a year ago. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, how we met very brief because it is in the first episode, but to kind of give new listeners a background on his story is very interesting. I have to say, I think it's probably, and I'm not just saying this because you're my partner, one of the most interesting nomad stories I've ever heard. So I definitely want you to dive into that and then how we started on this remote journey. I know for you, it's been eight years in the making. So take it away and and tell us a little bit about what that has looked like for you. Okay. So yeah, as you said, in, uh, you can see my whole story in the, in the 29th episode, but yeah, basically it was like this. I, I was born in Mexico. I am 26 years old right now. Uh, my birthday was one week ago. <laughs> yeah. And we celebrate here in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Right now we are in South America. But yeah, I was 18 years old and, and I didn't know what to do with my life. I, <laughs> there were a lot of things going on that they were going on in Mexico. But one thing, it was that I moved to China when I was 18 years old as a babysitter. I was taking care of a kid and I quit my job. I had a lot of jobs in China. Long story short is I had some businesses. There there were a lot of things going on there. It's it's easy to say it in one phrase. I was living in China. But imagine put yourself into that situation as a Mexican that you are in, let's say, not in the safest country in the world. And then suddenly you move to China. That is the 
uh, a lot of control. <laughs> there were a lot of a lot of things that they were crossing my mind. I was thinking, is this decision the right one? Am I doing the right things? What about if it's a scam? And once that I accomplished to go to China, I was trying to keep that dream as long as I could. Why? Because a lot a lot of the differences in China and Mexico it was the salary. Let's say at uh, that time I was making about like twenty thousand RMB. I don't know, like four thousand US dollars, let's say. And in Mexico, it's like sorry for saying this, but at that time, two thousand fifteen, not even a doctor. Well, and I was only eighteen years old, not even a doctor. Sometimes they could learn that much. And how did I do it? <clears throat> I made some. I had some businesses in China. Like what, like a Mexican restaurant, and then suddenly we expand to have four uh, restaurants and also languages. I also learned Mandarin at school when I was 18. I studied for two and a half years, and all my employees, they were Chinese. They couldn't speak English, and that's how I learned Chinese. Yeah, so I think that's a really interesting story, and I would love to dive into what it was like for you moving from a, one culture into a completely different culture because as nomads, a lot of us have to do that and we have to adapt and get very familiar very quickly with what the environment in another culture is going to be like. So from you moving to Mexico, to China, being a babysitter, au pair, leaving that job, starting restaurants, starting other businesses, you know, there's a lot going on there. So what was it like for you to be very much so inundated and integrated into another culture, essentially immediately once you get off the plane in China, and then you ended up living there for, it was eight years, right? Yeah. Eight years. So you ended up living there for quite some time. So share kind of some tips and what that was like for you to live in a different culture. And if anyone's listening who wants to become nomadic or wants to travel, what can you share with them? Maybe even some difficult experiences that you had. Honestly, this is something that I grew up with. Listening to a lot of people saying, wow, I have a lot of money. Look, it's sometimes it's so difficult and it's sometimes it's so easy. A lot of my classmates, when I was finishing high school, they had money to go to another country, but I didn't. I did have to do my research and I found this plan by myself because my parents, they love me and they, 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 well, not supported at that time what I was doing, but they wanted to give me the best. They always wanted to to have my brothers and me in the best schools that they could, even if, if they couldn't afford it. My dream, it was really to go abroad. It was to go to China. It was to go, well, China was the last place that I thought. I thought, firstly, I thought to go to the, to Canada or maybe to, to France or England. But those things are extremely expensive for, for me. It was, for at that time, it was extremely expensive. So no, it, it was impossible to think about it. I, I will say it was just kind of if I am gonna be if I'm gonna be really honest and the most honest that I can is that I was kind of selfish. I wanted a lot of a lot of people recognize me. I wanted to do something out of what it was common to do in Mexico. I don't know if it makes sense 
to you, but I wanted something different. I didn't just wanted to go to school and and do it as everyone else. I never felt that I could, I was fitting in any group. Like what? I wasn't popular. I didn't have the best grades. I was bad. I, I didn't have the best anything. You know, and, and I kind of put my myself really low. You, you know that that time when you you think like you don't fit to the society, and that's how I felt. And because I didn't have enough money, and that's how I I thought. Well, I need to go to do something by myself because I wanted attention, which I didn't have a lot. That's how I, I really started to go abroad. Um, that's how I found this plan about being a babysitter because I wanted to do something different. Some, something that people, they could say, wow, he went, now we're going to talk about him. And that was kind of the, the reason because I, I travel. Not because <laughs> I wanted to get inspired by cultures and this. No, mostly I wanted attention. Yeah, that's that's the truth. Well, at least you can be honest about it. And I think that is the most important part more than anything. So I'm curious, being a digital nomad, most nomads, of course, not all, but most nomads are from a Western culture. Most American, whether it be Canada, Australian, British, is very common to see digital nomads who are from Western countries, but a lot less. And I'm sure in the future it will become increasingly more common, but right now as it is, it's a lot less common to see those from Latin America or from a country in Africa or Asia to be nomadic. And I know that the culture of Mexico, of Latin America is a lot different. You know, we've had conversations before about Western culture is a lot more individualistic, whereas the culture you come for is a lot, come from is a lot more family-based. So what is it like being nomadic and kind of, yeah, like being a little bit selfish. I mean, I, I would say that's kind of what being a nomad is to a degree, is being somewhat selfish and doing what you want and not doing what's expected of you or what your mom and your family and your aunt thinks. So what is that like from you coming from such a traditional culture as a nomad when most nomads aren't coming from that culture? That's a really great question. And I will say my parents, they also don't come from the city. They, well, my mom, she comes from the countryside of Mexico. She didn't know what it really like, a city, a big city. She moved to the city when she was like 15 years old, bringing my uncles, aunties with her. She was the oldest. She had to work to support them because my grandmother, uh, the, the Mexican culture, it's so different. She had my mom to maybe send them to the U.S. and work and then bring dollars back home. That was the American dream at that time. And that's <clears throat> how my mom moved to the city. She said, no, I want, I don't want the dream. I want to go to the city and I want to raise my brothers in, in a city. My dad is also kind of like also so he moved from one city to, to another city, like small town to a big city. That's how they met. So for me, to me, that inspires me because it's like it's the same yeah mexico it's a culture that is based on family like yep yeah, you you gotta stay because, uh, because i have i don't know a hundred cousins ten uncles ten aunties by my mom's side and it's extremely difficult to move move uh, uh, away from them because you are thinking like 
why do you have to go? Is it because you don't you don't like us? Are we doing something bad to you? Um, tell us. It's like no, honestly, it's nothing about that. It's it's just like everyone is doing it now in my school because, as I told you, they gave us the best um, education that they put us in in one school that they had a lot of money. The other our classmates, so they were going abroad. We couldn't, but that was how I, I was starting to thinking, like, I also want to do it. So when they asked me, why do you want to move out of Mexico? Nothing against them, nothing against the country, nothing against anyone. But it was just like, I want to do it because it's it's my my dream now. And yeah, it's really difficult. I think in Mexico, well, when when I went, when we went to visit Mexico, it's a different mentality. Then when when we visited Canada or another Western country, I think in what I can see from my perspective is that Canadians, Americans, if you travel to China, it's mostly like, are you gonna have a in like are they gonna pay you good enough to go to China? Or if you move to to another place, it's like why it's mostly like why here you have everything and in mexico if you move out of mexico like that is no it's more the feeling of wow that's our dream it's it's so difficult for someone who comes from latin american country and i and i'm trying to say this in the most respectful way because it's not that i'm special or anything like that it's just like our education here is different than education in, in Canada. That's how I felt interesting to talk to you. And that's how we met talking about different topics because we see the world so different. At least I can see for us, it's a, it's it's so expensive to travel. It's not like the we don't have American dollars or Canadian, do- or Canadian dollars for you if you want to go to Greece. You can in holiday, in vacation, you can if you want to. But imagine... Uh, so Mexican, I'm not saying all Mexicans. I'm saying for where I grew up at, it's so different to say, I'm going to Greece for a month. No way. <laughs> and so do you think that that is a hindrance in people becoming, wanting to become nomadic? So for example, do you think that that is a reason why there are potentially less nomads from the Latin American culture and countries because you kind of feel like you're being that little bit selfish maybe. And I'm curious, in your opinion, do you think in coming years, the digital nomad trend that we see in Western countries is going to come over into the Latin countries? What does what do you foresee that looks like being, you know, having Mexican family and friends and really being inundated and definitely on social media, which we'll touch touch on, but being inundated in that Latin American culture. How do you think that's going to look in coming years? I can see that if you are an American or a Canadian, if you want to live in Mexico, it's easy, easier than if a Mexican wants to be a digital nomad in Canada or in America. Why? Because you can work with a, um, an American company and go to Mexico and everything is going to be cheaper for you. Why? Because the salaries, because the currency, especially the currency. But if you are a Mexican, imagine earning the Mexican salary and going to live to Canada where an apartment is $2,500 well, $2, or, or Canada or sorry, America. Imagine how much it is. 
So no, it's it's you got if you want to live in in Canada as a Mexican, you gotta earn Canadian dollars. But if you are Canadian, if you want to live in Mexico, it's well, it's cheaper. So that's how you do the geo arbitrage, and for us, doesn't work like that. A digital nomad it gets benefited by earning in a strong currency and living in another country that is cheaper. But imagine that you are making, I don't know, like $500, which is the Mexican salary about, more or less, depends on the area. Where do you think that you can live for $500? Imagine how much is the, the flight ticket to go to Argentina, to go to Brazil, even in a Latin American country. Okay, and then also the food, if you have an emergency, um, you, you have to buy your groceries and all of that. So I think, yes, it's possible. It's possible for Latin America to, to be a digital nomad. Yes, I've seen some of them, but mostly it's because they can speak English or another language, or they have some client that is not paying in, in these currencies. Yeah, I totally agree. And on you saying that, what I always say is I really do believe after many years of being an expat and a nomad that anyone can be a digital nomad. But the caveat to that is that you really have to have a skill or skills to back that up. So for example, I think it'll be a much more difficult time for a Mexican who doesn't speak another language to become a digital nomad. And of course it's possible you can luck out, you can find a remote work company that's Spanish-based, speak Spanish, and you know maybe they're based somewhere in Latin America or in Spain. So I think it's possible, but I do think that being from anywhere, any country, it doesn't matter. You do need to have a certain skill set. Skill set. Maybe that's coding, for example. You can do that anywhere. Maybe that is for you speaking Chinese. You know, that's kind of your and speaking English for you. Your ticket to making a bit more money than somebody who's in Mexico who wants to be nomadic but doesn't have a specific skill set or doesn't speak a language that is more in demand. Not that Spanish is not in demand because it is, but just the likelihood of finding very high paying clients who only speak Spanish and need it in Spanish or a remote job that's only in Spanish and needs someone in Spanish. The likelihood of that is a lot lower. So I do agree, but I also, I always say, you know, I do think anyone can become a nomad. I just think that those who speak English have a little bit of an advantage, which is unfortunate, but kind of just the way that it works. And you do have to work a little bit harder if you're from another culture, but I do really believe it is possible. So on that note, I would love to chat about what your work looks like and how you have built that out. You speak three languages. You are always on social media. So talk to us a little bit about what the journey has looked like for you, because Obviously, I know when we left China two and a half, something like that years ago, you didn't know what being a nomad was or working online was. And I really introduced you to that world and things have changed a lot for you in the last two, two and a half years. So share with the audience a little bit about what that journey and progression has looked like for you from the very beginning, even of not knowing anything to now what you know and what you do. 
I didn't know a lot of skills. I went to China when I was 18 years old. I, I don't have, I, let's, let's say it like that. I didn't do in my university. I don't have any, any degree on anything. Well, I can say Chinese, but it, it's more like a course. It's, it's more like two and a half years learning Chinese. Absolutely, I think anyone in the world can can become a digital nomad. Doesn't matter where you're from. Let's say Mexico, Argentina, Paraguay, um, anywhere. Really, I don't think it, that's um, that's something that it's gonna um, affect your work. I think um, anyone can do it. How it looks to me, it's I can speak yes English, I can speak Chinese, and I can speak Spanish. Honestly, in my work, I never use English. Mostly, I just use it when I am with you and and we meet more foreigners. But we, I never, I never use it for my work. Why? Because I only have clients that they are from China. Why? Because there are a lot of opportunities to learn Chinese. It's in the way that I see it is there's a lot of demand of a uh, lot of demanding here and of speaking English. Yes. But also in China, they need they need a lot of people who can speak Chinese and can teach them a talent. What is it? To me, it looks like I can use Chinese to teach them Spanish. And and also because, yeah, when, when we move out of China, I didn't know a lot of skills like how to be a digital nomad and that's how I met, I met you my plan was to live in China for the rest of my life and you know it <laughs> we know it why because when I'm when we left China I had restaurants and I I could I was in my comfortable comfortable zone comfort zone, comfort zone damn it and yep I was I was happy there it's not that I'm not happy here right now I'm I'm saying that at that time I didn't need uh, to speak English at all. Yep, um, how I use it every day I go to, to my Instagram, my Chinese Instagram, and I sell my products to Chinese. I sell courses about how to speak Ch- Spanish and I go on lives uh, because in China it's, it's more likely to use uh, lives to sell your products. And that's how I monetize with Chinese. And I have accounts that there are 14,000 in one uh, followers in one account, 14,000 in in the other account. And that's how I monetize. To live in Latin Latin America earning Chinese money is, well, the UN. It gives me the arbitrage that we were talking about, that it's as an American or as a Canadian to live in, in, in Latin America, it helps you. Also, if you speak Chinese and, and work with Chinese, that there's not a lot of competitors, competition. Because how many foreigners, I, again, I'm, I'm going to try to be humble in that way, but it's like there's a lot of need of foreigners who can speak Chinese in China. So if you can, there's a big opportunity. What is the deal? Well, <laughs> there's a sacrifice for everything. So my sacrifice it was to to go in every day to school while I had to work, every day going to class. Yep, it was just like what I decided. So now it's paying off. Yeah, um, I I tried to to teach in my accounts and all of that that it's it's really possible to work uh, with other other countries with other yeah, currencies and try to spend it in countries that it's cheaper.
I love that. And geo arbitrage is if you've listened to this podcast at all, then you will know geo arbitrage is the reason I actually moved to China in 2017. So quite a while ago. And it's something that both of us love utilizing as digital nomads. In our journey, of course, it's not always possible. But when we're in countries like we're in Latin America and Argentina right now, it's amazing to utilize geo arbitrage to our advantage while we're here. Why not? So my last question, I think, for you is about our digital nomad lifestyle. So if somebody is listening who is starting their digital nomad journey or who wants to become nomadic in the future. We definitely have a few years of experience together traveling as a couple under our belt. So what is some advice or even warnings that you would give to somebody who is looking to start out on this journey? The first the first thing that I do believe is that nowadays it's it's much better to have a digital business rather than having a, a physical business. Why? I thought that I had an amazing business, which was restaurants in China. And I love it at that time. And you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> you don't know what it is. <laughs> what do I mean? What do I mean by this is I thought that I was really happy at that time, but I didn't know what it was about to have a digital business, which is I had to be all the time in my restaurant trying to see that everything goes well. And you have to see that nobody is drunk because they're drinking. You gotta control everything and the rent and then this and that, that, that. There are a lot of things and supplies. It's a lot of things. Also, creating promotion to always keep in business. But once that I realized that, yeah, because of your help, honestly, <laughs> I would say I knew how to speak Chinese, but I didn't know how to to use social media at that time. So after that, I knew how to use it. I opened my digital business and it's, wow, you don't have to be in a place. If you don't like to be, let's say in, in Europe, pack your stuff and then go to another place. If you love it, okay, you can stay there longer. What is this thing about digital? Digital businesses are amazing. At least it looks like that to me. First, it's like you are not paying rent. And what you're paying, yeah, you're going to use some tools. You're going to use some tools like, yeah, let's say I'm using uh, Epidemic Sound. Uh, are they sponsoring this? <laughs> okay. okay, I use some tools. <laughs> I use those tools that is like kind of my rent, but it's nothing compared to what I was paying in China for the rent of one of my stores. And at that time I had four restaurants, well, Mexican stores, because one of those, it was delivered. One story was 8,000 RMB. Wow. Right now, I'm not even paying a quarter to maintain my business right now, like, like running my business online. Second thing that I wanted to say is try to be a digital nomad for a while because I can see this is not for everyone. People sometimes think that we're doing this uh, six months, even a year, and then we're going to go back. And I think this is not holiday for us. And sometimes, let's say we are in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and some people suggest us, go to these bars, go to these clubs, go, oh, you didn't go there. It's because we are not there for holiday. We learn how to take a break and then go for a walk and then go to the, to the stadium, Boca Juniors or something like that. Because we did it, something really Argentinian thing to do, but it's, it's 
just you gotta take it easy because if the, the first month we were traveling, it was like changing every week, <laughs> changing every week. And now we learn we gotta stay a bit longer and take our time. Are we comfortable and all of that? The last thing is, yes, it's much better when you are traveling with someone else because she understands or he understands what you are going through. And it's also great. You can take pictures and video. But sometimes it's great when you have someone to remember those those thoughts, like what you were saying. Wow, it was one year ago that we recorded Batumi, Georgia. And sometimes we have those talks, a glass of wine and then some salami and then cheese and remember those things. It's great. That's what I like to this this lifestyle now. And my suggestion is everyone in Latin America can do it. I just want to say, let's stop victimizing ourselves. Like, I am not from those countries. I cannot do it. I think if you really want to do it, you can. There are no excuses. Yeah, that was so good. Thank you for sharing that. That was so many good tips. And I do, I agree with all of them, but I do think that it is really nice to share the memories with somebody. And of course, if you're going alone, there's nothing wrong with that. And you have amazing memories and photos, but we have never really been digital nomads solo. So it is nice in our experience to like the, the other day we were in bed and we were spent an hour reflecting on all of our, we were like, do you remember being here? Do you remember this Airbnb? Do you remember? And then usually we remember and sometimes I would forget and sometimes he would forget. And it is nice to kind of go back on the photos, but also go back on the memories and remember those together as well. And I do like your last piece of advice as well about not victimizing yourself. And I think what I talk about a lot on this podcast is called lifestyle design. That's what I like to call it. And I think it kind of comes into play with that in the sense of figure out what you want your ideal life to look like and then ruthlessly pursue that. And don't victimize yourself because there will always be a million excuses waiting for you. Like you can find excuses a dime a dozen, they're not hard to come by. If you really want to do anything, not even be a digital nomad, just do anything. And you really just have to figure out what you want and take the action on that and not become a victim in your mind, because then that action is never going to be taken. You're never going to fulfill that dream. And it's going to be 20 years later and you're going to be like, oh my gosh. And it just continues to spiral. So I think that is also really great advice. So why don't you share where people can find you and then I can share it as well in my accent and then it'll be down below so you cannot miss where to find him online. <laughs> okay, in Chinese it's called... <laughs> Not really, if you, if you know. I teach you Sibanyayu. That's the one in China. <laughs> okay, the next one. In TikTok, um, Instagram, YouTube, you can find it as El Arte del Nomada. El arte de nómada means the art of the nomad. That's how it is, but it's in Spanish. El arte del nómada is with my accent. And it's, <laughs> what is it? Instagram and YouTube are your biggest platforms. And TikTok. I'm not usually on TikTok, so that's why I forgot about. But Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok are where you can find El arte del nómada. It's all linked down below, too. So you don't have to figure out how the spelling is if you don't know. And yeah, this has been a really interesting episode. Thank you for sharing your insights, your thoughts, 
And it's nice to kind of get some perspective and hear things from your side as well, since we live together and travel together. (laughs) So thank you for joining me in this episode of Work, Wealth, and Travel. If you loved this episode, you will definitely love all of the other episodes. I release three episodes per week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yes, it's a lot of work. So please check them out. I know that you will love them if you are aspiring to become nomadic, if you are starting your journey of being nomadic, or if you are looking to start a business in the online space and become an online entrepreneur and create abundant wealth and money for yourself and for whatever lifestyle you want to have. And if you are listening on Apple, Spotify, please scroll down and leave a review for the show. That really, really helps the show. It helps with discoverability. So I would highly appreciate a five-star review and I would love to hear what you thought of this week's episode with Eddie. And feel free to message me or you can message him as well if you want to message him in English, Spanish, or Chinese. Do so and feel free to ask him any questions or thoughts, comments, anything that you had on the episode today. Thank you for joining me on the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast and I will see you in next week's episode.